0: Are you an assassin? I'm a soldier. You're neither. You're an errand boy. Sent by grocery trucks to Collect the bill. I'm
1: not through with my examination. Sit down. If I seem to be offensive, you may take it. I'm offended. You're offended. This is Speaking Out America. Join us online at speakingoutamerica.com.
2: You paid the money, you paid four bucks.
0: I'll puke it. It's my time now. I do a 450 show. I said,
2: baby, so you may make a little bread off this tonight. I am going to be my authentic self this time up. I've never been my authentic self, I guess. At least I'm not aware if I was my authentic self. I hear that a lot now. You know, you hear all these people, especially when I think the Bud Light can thing with Dylan Mulvaney and the marketing piece was something like we just want our listeners to be or enjoy their authentic self. Is there any other way to be than an authentic self? I don't think so. But it sure sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds good when you when you can throw out platitudes and how to be sincere and live your own truth. And we're seeing a lot of that. In fact, I don't know what to make of it. But, for example, on, on Breitbart... They have one section completely dedicated to Pride News. So they're just covering things that have anything to do with LGBTQ. So I'll just run through some of the headlines. And I realize that Breitbart really does focus, but this is one section. So it's not as if this is all that's in the news. It's just one particular section. Okay, Headline reads, U.S. Embassy to Vatican Flies LGBTQIAA. P2S Plus, plus Pride Flag in Rome. Next headline, Glamour Magazine puts pregnant transgender man on June cover for Pride Month. See, it's not just me. I mean, I I, I talk about a wide range of uh, uh, subjects on this program. Speaking Out America, thank you for stopping by. My name is JR, and I talk about globalism. I talk about... China, I talk about COVID, I talk about race, cultural things, politics, whatever it is that impacts you the most, and me. I always look at everything through the lens of how does this affect me, either through my bank or my family or my neighborhood. Yeah, that's it. And that's all I care about. So what I talk about are things I think that you would be interested in because we're both in this game together. We're just trying to navigate through the storm of modern day. That's it. And things are changing so fast that sometimes it's hard to keep up. I mean, technology is just a, one good example of that. It seems like every week you have to update your software because there's new ways to get new things. And, 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 and it's the same in culture. So now we're in the middle of Pride Month. And it's like the room just exploded with all of these stories about transgenderism And schools and parents and and even the DOJ is involved now. Because they're going after parents who are going after school boards who are promoting sexuality to young kids. So, on that note, a little later, you might remember on Monday I brought up the fact that uh, there is an insidious conspiracy running around that young children... All these missing eight hundred thousand children that you're hearing about, there's a huge dro- uh, tra- human trafficking beyond anybody's wildest imaginations going on to the point where it makes people so uncomfortable that they are not willing to face it. And there is an organization called ITNG, and they had a hearing recently, and it's circulating on Twitter. And I took it; I actually recorded it because it doesn't last long on Twitter. Anything that there's any kind of conversation out there about the sexualization of children doesn't survive much on Twitter. And, I, and I, I'm being told it's because people in, in powerful positions around the world are in on it. And it would make sense that if you were a person who had so much wealth and you don't have to work, and maybe you're an heiress to some oligarchy or, or maybe you're part of the Saudi family, and they have all these cousins, and you get millions of dollars deposited into your bank account every month, you're never going to have to work. And so what do you do? You explore. You take things to the limit. And you start to believe that no one can stop you because you have so much money that anybody can be bought off. And so it, it begins to degrade your moral compass. And pretty soon, you need excitement. And this is why I think the Epstein case is so interesting because so many people, so many wealthy people went to that island, Epstein's Island. And what they all have in common is they're extremely wealthy and no one ever tells these people no, except for the law. So on the one hand you have, I heard Monday, they had cracked down in one state, I think it might have been Ohio or maybe it was California, and they had nabbed 29 people involved in sexual trafficking of young children. And they found a whole room full of these kids. So there's law enforcement going after them, but then there seems to be law enforcement protecting them as well. Because to me, the transgender issue in school and sexualizing our children, to me, is grooming for that other thing, that dark thing that nobody wants to talk about. Anyway, so headlines like, Exclusive Jim Banks Asked Pentagon to Ban All Drag Queen Shows on Military Bases. Biden's DOJ celebrates, these are headlines from Breitbart, celebrates lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and intersex for Pride Month. Joe Biden criticizes states protecting children from mutilation in LGBTQ Pride Month proclamation. Another headline, ABC's Houston: the right is attacking the LGBTQ plus community because, quote, they have no real platform. Next headline, love is love, NFL team goes with rainbow logos for Pride Month. Federal agencies celebrate Pride Month with Progress Pride Flag. LGBTQ radicals send Target bomb threats after Pride Month merchandise pullback. Another headline, Kohl's. This is all in the last week. Kohl's faces boycott over Pride onesie for babies following Target Bud Light backlash. You know, over $30 billion has been lost in one week alone by angry parents and angry people in the United States who refuse to go down the pride road. Great article in The Federalist Today. It's gotten bad. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But if you turn over to MSNBC, all you're going to hear about is abortion over there. That's all they're talking about over there. Uh, ABC the other night, three hours of 1619. Did anybody object to that? I didn't hear one conservative commentator anywhere talk about the fact that abc dedicated not one not two but 3 full hours of primetime viewing all about 1619 which is a fabricated story that says that america was started on the premise of race yeah we'll get to that subject a little bit later but you see how it's it's all become sort of confused hasn't it and so i i've, I've never the whole transgender thing the The controversy the the left and the right and it's it's like a cultural civil war going on right now between people who strenuously object to the transsexualization of children and i wrote i I read to you the story of john money the father of transgenderism yesterday on, on this very podcast and program it started with this man who was well-respected in the mid-60s for his revolutionary and groundbreaking work in understanding sexual sexuality. He wrote books on it, bestsellers, about how sex is a cultural construct, construct that we can choose who we want. And he tried a, a, an experiment on a, on a little boy named David Reamer. And David, at the age of 22, just to recap in case you missed it, David was a twin, half of of a twin set. His other brother, Bruce, was a boy, and so was David. But David got a botched circumcision, so his organs were terribly mutilated back in the 60s. Man, they were, you know, who knows. But anyway, the the, the therapist involved, a guy by the name of John Money, somehow convinced the parents, well, why don't you just make uh, David a girl? And just don't tell him. And then he won't walk around feeling bad about the fact that he doesn't have a penis. And they let this doctor do hormone therapy, all kinds of experiments. And then they continued therapy with this man, both kids, for a decade. And behind closed doors, what they did, what John Money did to those boys, was beyond anything that you could possibly imagine. But it illustrated the point that John Money was nothing more than a pedophile and he was hiding behind his veneer of being a psychiatrist who was concerned with exploring sexuality. Good cover. Everybody bought into it. In fact, he spawned the movement of transgenderism. This whole idea that you are your authentic self when you can choose who you want to be is tantamount to playing God, and that's what John Money did, and that's what people today seem to be asserting, that we can play God, just like with the Glamour magazine. And they're showing a woman who transgendered to a man, but she still has the ability to be pregnant. Guess what? She's not a man. If she's able to get pregnant, that makes her biologically a woman. But that's the catch. Society is trying to tell us that that isn't true. Isn't that strange? That that concept that we can choose whoever we want to be, and we don't have to worry about rules and conduct. We can be our, our authentic self. Isn't that just sick? Talk about embracing mental illness. And in, by the way, it's Mental Illness Month, so kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You're listening to Speaking Out, America. Welcome back to Speaking Out America. By the way, we do have a comment line now. So if you want to comment on anything that we're talking about on this program, you can call this number 941-800-2937. That number again is 941-800-2937. I'll give it to you a third time because I'm going to say something and it's going to make you want to comment. I guarantee it. 941-800-2937. 941-800-2937. And, uh, you know, when I woke up this morning, I just, I didn't want to go back down that road with all the confusion and pride month and everything going on. I just, I was like, I'm, I'm done with it. I don't, I don't care. You know, now I've got every, every minute of every hour. Now it's Twitter is involved. Uh, apparently daily wire has a movie that they wanted to premiere on Twitter, which is now I think becoming the, the go-to right. People want to go on Twitter and and have live shows, you know, like Tucker Carlson. Anyway, it, it's called what? What is a Woman? It's a video that they made, and they're describing it as a mockumentary, uh, which is basically parroting, going around asking people, and then getting their response as to how they define what a woman is. And this is all prompted by the fact that, according to LGBTQ, P, and the, the rest, uh, is that anybody can be a woman even if you're not a woman. Man, how does that make you feel? If you're a woman, that anybody can be just like you. Anybody can be just as authentic as a woman as you as long as they say so. Just, how does that make you feel? So anyway, you, can, you can't blame me for not wanting to like get involved in this. I was like, okay, it's Friday. I'm in a good mood. I'm heading into the weekend. But then I I, I decided, let's look at south of the border because I'm, I'm always interested in what's happening outside of the country, because I know there are other things happening outside of the country that the media doesn't talk about. And I read this story. Uh, it's it's out of Caracas, Venezuela. And it's, the, the title is My Socialist Hell, How Venezuela Uses Hunger to Control a Starving Population. And it's pretty pathetic. They have this program down there called CLAP. And uh, it's kind of like our SNAP. And every resident in, in Venezuela, every resident, not, not every resident is basically poor unless you have some position in the government, part of their deep state. Uh, a cost of one bag and you get, I want to read a little bit of what this woman describes. She says, reports of clap kits containing low quality, often outright rotten food full of worms have been abundant these past seven years, and yet because socialism destroyed the country's economy and people's ability to purchase food, many still have to rely on these bags for their sustenance. It's like having your legs broken, but then being told you should be grateful that the person who broke your legs is loaning you a pair of broken clutches every now and then. Maduro claimed on March that 7.5 million Venezuelans receive a clap bag at least once per month. Every communal council has its own logistics and ways to distribute the clap bags. In every every area's council, they spread the word through WhatsApp, the app, and they make sure that everybody in the building knows that their clap bag has arrived. Once the call to pick up is made, it's up to every building to figure out if someone can lend a vehicle or if every beneficiary will go pick up their bag and help bring back another's. With that in mind, I went in with my neighbors on May 10th and walked uphill to a place where the bags are distributed every month. And, and these bags, are there's just not much in them, folks. I mean, they've got powdered milk, a couple of kilograms of food, corn flour, uh, a bag of sugar, a can of sardines, or if you're lucky, tuna. And if you're not lucky, it's cardboard. It's supposed to be some sort of luncheon meat that nobody knows exactly what it is. And this is all at the hands of a government that hands this stuff out under the guise of being compassionate. See, I think, I, I see this happening in California more and more. The author in Venezuela says, it's been like this for over a decade. The cooking oil, powdered milk are coveted items so as these two are the most expensive. I've seen bottles of regular vegetable cooking oil sell for anywhere from $3 all the way up to $6 or more, depending on the brand. It's just uh, uh, an example of of socialism in action. And, And our people in this country who think that they can continue, assuming for the sake of the argument that AOC... Is somehow and Bernie Sanders are somehow able to finagle America becoming a socialist society like Gavin Newsom is trying hard to do in California. You'd have to be someone who has no math skills to understand that if you don't have a middle class and you do have socialism because socialism has destroyed the middle class, then everybody's going to be getting a bag of oil and powdered milk and flour, because that's all that people will be able to afford to produce. And we'll all become dependent on it. And you'll have to go get your bag. Uh, do you, can you not see how quickly things could turn awry in this country if the economy completely falls apart? If the economic collapse that everybody says is coming actually does arrive, you know what that means? That means that you won't have a job. That means you will be totally dependent on the government because you can't go out and grow your own food. And what are you going to do when your 401k that you have set aside for you to retire is absolutely gone because of the debt ceiling? Because the government continues to spend more money than it brings in. Have you noticed the roads lately? Have you noticed the highways and the rest stops aren't getting repaired like they used to? You know, strange as it may sound, in the old Isaac Asimov uh, Foundation trilogy, he talks about the early signs, and this has always stuck in my mind since I read the book when I was a kid. He talks about the times where people just don't, you start to see signs of, of society breaking down. Every time I hear about a possible, you know, we just hear about airplanes that almost crash into one another. I'm telling you, you can start to see the signs of society falling apart. And it's because the closer we get to socialism or more people start to um, depend on the government, the less resources there are available. I mean, they've been writing about this for decades. Milton Friedman, my God, he got a Nobel Prize for, for making that point. We have to understand here that we're at the precipice of things going wrong very quickly. We're all focusing on Pride Month while the fiddler plays. Continue in just a moment. We're going to be joined. uh, who, Who do we got? Michael Letts. Interesting situation out West and kind of talking about this very thing. Merit is being replaced with equity and society is falling apart. So we'll talk about that in just a moment.
3: We were always a uh, proud, proud country, and we're not a proud country anymore. We're not a great country anymore, I have to say. Right now, we're a laughing stock all over the world. They were so afraid of our military. They were so afraid of our jets, and now they own those jets, and it was a, a disgrace. I mean, a disgrace, and look what happened to our country. In three years, the destruction that they've done, and five years ago, four years ago, even three years ago, because it took them a while to destroy it. But we had this, we had everything. We had the greatest economy in history. I think nobody respects us anymore. We're a laughing stock.
2: Let me make a formal introduction to the Speaking Out audience. Michael Letts joining us again, as he always does to keep us up to date on what's happening in the world of law enforcement. And he, of course, is the CEO of InvestUSA.org. There's a, there's a number floating around that because of the open borders that we talked about last week, Michael, that there are an unusually high number of young children that are missing. And I was I was surprised and shocked to find out that there's upwards of 800,000 missing children that have come across the border. What is with the human trafficking? What's driving it right now?
0: Well, right now, you have to look at it from this standpoint, uh, Jim. The uh, two biggest industries worldwide are drug trafficking and human and sex trafficking. And both of those are prevailing along our southern border, where it's you know, the drug cartels pouring in fentanyl to kill our young people uh, with open borders. And then human trafficking and sex trafficking, uh, bringing all these. And it's, just, it's, it's heartbreaking. Your figures are correct, There are 800, uh, over 800,000 and 83,000 kids that we cannot account for out of this moment within the last year. That is a phenomenal amount when you consider 83,000 kids going missing um, with, with with no track. Here's what happens. And we actually had, this is not hearsay now. This is our, our speculation. This is documented. We have had uh, from Homeland Security and from HHS, from the feds, uh, caseworkers that have become whistleblowers they have documented, they have the documentation for this. Here's what happens, so that your listeners get a very good feel as to how they it works. Because you remember now, it's a very lucrative, common cash flow wise. So they do a number of things. First of all, their main interest is in kids. They try they they, they advertise in all these uh, foreign countries, and it's not just Latin America, by the way. It's all across the world. We're getting them from Thailand, we're getting them from Korea, we're getting them from everywhere, from China uh, that are coming across the border. And what they do is, you know, come to the American way of life, do something better for your children. You can't afford to go, but you know, we have communities that help raise these kids, you know, in our cultural centers, send them and we will take care of them. Now remember, they charge these families a fee. So these families pay the fee they then go into these migration caravans that come, they send the kids there. These migration caravans can be anywhere from 10 to 50 to 70 to hundreds of thousands of people at a time crossing. So they're able to, to, to mitigate them easily. They get them across the border and here's what they do. They have a whole list of uh, contacts throughout the country and they will say, these five kids are related to Jim. And what they will already have done is they will have pulled birth certificates, they will have falsified them, they will have put them, uh, the, the information on those false birth certificates, and they say, he's willing to vouch for them, he's the, their uncle or their nephew, and we'll ship all those five to him. Well, here's where it falls down and breaks down as a problem. Two things happen when you begin to investigate, which is what we're supposed to be doing all along. When you investigate, you find out that every other day, Jim's saying he's the uncle to five or ten kids. Mm -hmm. Well, that can get kind of old pretty quick. You begin to understand there's something wrong there. Mm -hmm. Then when you go on what we call the black, black with the dark web, the black web, and you find that these kids were the ones you just turned over are now pictures that are being advertised for sale, uh, you know what you're dealing with. And that is what's happening consistently. And that is just on the cases that we are able to... uh, Fine, or able to entrap, and why we entrap, we're able to uh, arrest. You remember, ninety percent of people crossing the border never get caught. It's only ten percent that get caught. So those figures that we gave you, like the eighty-three thousand kids that are in the government system that are missing, mm-hmm. most, that's only ten percent. That represents only ten percent of what's actually out there.
2: So you're saying there could be eight million missing children? No
0: question. Wow, no question.
2: That's hard for me to even and- fathom. I I read recently, I think it might have been Indiana or Ohio or somewhere, where they did a bust. Every once in a while, you hear about a bust, you know, and they, right. Yeah, the U.S. Marshals, in fact. But then, you know, and I think, okay, well, that's good. They're out there. They're fighting it. They're, they're making progress. But what I'm sensing is that the pedophilia or whatever you want it, human trafficking, that it's a lot more prevalent in our society than I, I've even imagined.
0: It's more prevalent the sin itself, the pedophilia, the, the, the abomination. I'm going to call it the abomination. Is yeah. yeah. But what makes it even more disgusting is that, well, how do these programs happen? And what I mean by the word program, how are these oversights not being caught? I yeah. mean, and here's what the case is. You have caseworkers, Homeland Security workers that report it, and they get castigated for doing so. If you really want to follow the money, Jim— the same ways with the drug cartels. They understand that those in key positions and political appointees set policy. So you look at the donations given to within the Democratic Party, and you're going to find a correlation between those that are involved with uh, drug trafficking and human and sex trafficking and contributions received. And so what do they do? They appoint people to to supervisory roles to positions, that say, look, this is not our priority. So uh, don't, if you if you find it, don't waste our time with it. We're more interested in pursuing other things. And they turn they, they turn uh, a blind eye to it. Mm. But Jim, what that's doing to these kids is just disgraceful. Never in the land of the free should these children, because uh, these children, when we're talking about human trafficking, sex trafficking. Are not just being sex trafficked. They're being, uh, you know, used for organ donations. I mean, they're being tortured. It is just sick the casework that I have seen, and for that to happen to any child, I don't care whether they're black, white, polka dot makes no difference. For that to happen to any child anywhere, but especially in America, is beyond disgraceful.
2: I have a feeling that we're going to start hearing more about this. I think that most of the United States population is completely oblivious to just how big of a problem this really is. And I'm only now, I've been in journalism and, and behind the scenes for three decades, and I didn't even realize how big of a problem it has become. And it's been sort of ignored or denied, and I'm not quite sure why. Uh, Michael Letts is on with us. There's a real recruitment problem going on in law enforcement. W- why is recruitment down? What are the conditions that have created this?
0: Well, it started, and again, this is not happenstance. This is a well, well-orchestrated and well-planned maneuver. And the basis for it was those of the liberal ideology, the uh, democratic uh, socialist communist uh, ideology, want to take away the freedoms in this country. They can't do that when we're not armed populace. So they have to figure out how to disarm Americans. The only way they can do that is with somebody that will knock on your door and take your gun away from you. Well, that should be law enforcement. But they realize that city and state law enforcement especially know the Constitution. They're not going to do that to UGM because they go to church with you. They go to see you at Walmart every day. So they have to get a federalized force to be able to seize the arms at the appropriate time. Well, how do we, why do we create a sense of needing federalization? They started with creating the defund the police. They created, they were part of, Black Lives Matter didn't happen on its own. Antifa didn't happen on its own. It was created by other entities within the party itself to help spread the narrative that law enforcement are racist, biased, uh, bigots. They don't need to be... Remember, it's just state and local that they refer those to. So if you don't know what you're doing, why should we fund you? So that's why they created the defund the police movement. They'll give you any equipment, vilify you. Then they realize that the next consequence of doing that is as the police forces go down, Violent crime will escalate and go up. And uh, they also realize that a twofold from that standpoint, whereas violent crime goes up and they have vilified law enforcement, it has created a sensation to the upcoming generation that's not an occupation you want to be involved with. Why would you want to risk your life every day to people who don't appreciate it, who actually despise you, and don't pay anything to do it to begin with? And so they were accomplishing their objective. And their objective is that when it gets to a certain point where the American public is so fearful, of the violent crime that has risen, the government will say, never fear, we are here. We're talking about the federal government. Mm -hmm. And they will step in. Guns are, and they've already said it publicly, guns are the problem for violence. So they're going to go after the
2: guns. Michael Letts, always a pleasure to talk to you here. Uh, He is the CEO of InvestUSA.org. I ask you to check it out and support what he does.
0: Thank you, Jim. God bless you. God bless America.
2: So it's a lot to talk about, a lot to think about, and a lot to wrap your head around about. And we'll continue on this discussion some more interesting developments on this issue when we return with Speaking Out America. I'm It
1: It is the hope and expectation of this court that the official commission report will act as the catalyst to a great awakening of people of the world, to the horror of human trafficking and child sex abuse. Once brought to light, the lives and futures of millions of tormented souls will be transformed
0: forever.
2: Hey, don't forget that we have a comment line. If you have a comment, get out a pen and write the number down and put it on your refrigerator, will you? The area code is 941-800-2937. So area code 941-800-2937. Throwback weekend edition of Speaking Out America. And I just can't shake it, man. I mean, I I look around and I see, and we're talking about this a couple of segments ago, about the rise in this, this celebration of pride and the embracing of transsexuality and all of these controversies that are stirring up. And the only thing I can think of is that it's much ado about nothing, and it's nothing more than a periodic, I don't know, embrace of the wild. Or there's something devilishly wrong here. Something that goes so deep that we don't even want to look at it because it would mean that we're all implicated just by our denial of it. And that's sort of what the IT&G is all about. It's an organization that has been around for a long time and they've recently started to tackle this issue of sexual abuse of children and human trafficking. The Bishop of Jerusalem, uh, John David Steele, I think, Uh, He sets the stage, and this is a little bit long, but I want you to listen to it because it's what we really should be thinking about. And And I just can't help but to think that all of this transgenderism in our children is somehow a part of all of this. And it's why it's being shoved down our throat. And it's why we all need to sit up and pay attention because this is bigger than just politics and Joe Biden slipping and falling, you know, on a beanbag or Ron DeSantis versus Donald Trump. This, this is so far beyond all of the petty BS that we're occupying ourselves with right now in the, in the country. We need to pay attention. Listen to this man, David Steele. He's part of the ITNJ committee talking about not only children trafficking, but strange cultish behavior that they're discovering around the world. This is real stuff. Doesn't get any more real than this.
1: Prepared an overview statement based on my work these many past weeks and I want to just say that as a parent and as a patriot I'm absolutely outraged by what we're allowing to happen to our children Uh, this I mean humanity is judged on how you treat the weakest member uh, of um, of the society let me say that although pedophilia which says child love has nothing to do with the abuse of children uh, these children are not just kidnapped, and in some cases bred by families as a cash crop. We have people in the United States of America that breed children in order to sell them. And when they are sold, they come without birth certificates, which means it's easier to kill them and have no one ask where they are. We're also importing children by the plane load, again, children who have no documentation. It's not just child slavery or child sex abuse, it's also child torture, because you have adrenalized blood, you you have the, the whole blood drinking ceremony of the satanic world. It's also the uh, use of children for harvesting body organs, we'll have the Falun Gong uh, testimony tomorrow. Um, One of the reasons that the Falun Gong are so popular is because they're so healthy, uh, so that you can harvest their body organs uh, and get get the very best. And then you have ritual ceremonies and ritual murder, uh, as well as incidental murder. The other working assumption is how long do these children survive within this system? What I am hearing from the witnesses that I've talked to is two years it may be longer, it may be four years, it may be six years, but by and large, these children are so abused. I mean, we're talking rapes by the hour and so forth that they reach their expiration date uh, within two years. And then they're murdered with impunity or they're ritually murdered if that's what they've been bred for. So I think we need to document this. No one else has done this before in a systematic manner. This commission is rendering a signal service by seeking to do an overall view in the public interest.
2: I mean, it's pretty frightening when you think about this. This is stuff that you can find out about International Tribunal for Natural Justice. Uh, And that was David Keel, I think, David Smith. Anyway, so he's one of the board members. And they have board members from all different uh, countries. Uh, Many of them that I'm not familiar with but it's clearly not being run by the world economic forum or the un or some other ngo that just makes a lot of money and doesn't seem to do anything but this is strange think what's happening in haiti there was a, i have to give kudos first time in a long time i've given kudos to abc for anything but they actually did a real good report on haiti and what's happening and it's hell on earth it's how, this is, let me take your eye off of all of the 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 Trivial stuff that the media has you focused on right now—the debt ceiling and all this stuff—that really doesn't mean up much to you and me. And let's focus instead on what's happening in our world. I'll give you a, I'll get a give you a metaphor. Now, I grew up in Los Angeles, and when I was young, there was a lot of Los Angeles that was beautiful. San Fernando Valley was beautiful, Glendale was beautiful, Burbank. It was safe. You could, you could get on a bus as a 12-year-old kid and go to Griffith Park and spend the entire day and not worry about getting mugged or robbed or shot. But then over the years, as I went back to Los Angeles and I would visit friends and family and attend things, I started to notice that the pockets of poverty were expanding outward and that there were less areas that were clean, the streets, no graffiti. You could drive around all, almost the entire length of Santa Monica Boulevard from where it breaks off in Hollywood. Uh, to the beach, and it would be clean buildings in immaculate condition. Not anymore. It seems as if the pockets of poverty have outgrown and outpaced the, po- uh, the pockets of prosperity. And this is what's happening around the world, because, in fact, of the COVID. Uh, I just read the other day that democracy and totalitarianism both have equal footing now if you add up all the countries that are so-called democracies versus countries that are theocracies or they have suppression or they have uh things like you know china and and the world is evenly split between democracies and open societies and non-open society closed societies totalitarianism somebody's winning this war and and this kind of activity is part of that when we dehumanize children To the point where they become, as Bill Maher said yesterday, cannon fodder, then we are all equally part of the problem. Because until we fix that, that problem doesn't go away. It only metastasizes and gets bigger. It's like a cancer. Now, I'm not making any accusations here, but it seems to me that a country that's so obsessed with sexuality is just primed for the pump, for disaster. Things are happening... Uh, below, underneath, at night, in the shadows, eight hundred thousand missing children this year in America alone. Twenty-five million slaves in the country are in the world right now. Twenty-five million people are enslaved, and uh, and we have our folks talking about every African American getting five million dollars in reparations. At that idea is being floated at the UN by our own citizens. What about all the other 25 million slaves in captivity right now? Why can't you want $5 million because your ancestor was a slave? How about the people that are enslaved right now? It's unbelievable. Our priorities are completely mixed up and confused. So look, I I have to bring it up on this show I know the people at CRN and behind me, I know my podcast listeners so desperately need to hear this information and they don't get it. And I just think it's it's about time. And this is why maybe podcasting is good. Maybe uh, cable radio on-demand listening is good because we don't have to answer to pharmaceuticals. We don't have to answer to anybody but the people listening to the program. And uh, usually on this time of the week, I like to do sound bites. And I want to just play, I played a little bit of Trump, Before from his speech in Iowa, and I'll play a little bit more now because I think it's good. It's also a great soundbite, and I think it, you know, Trump really nails it this time. He seems calmer. If you listen to some of his older speeches back in 2016, 2020, he sounds like a man who has a little bit more wisdom than before. Listen to this
3: We have a very, very corrupt system and it's got to be and we need from the top we need great people we need heads of the fbi we need heads of the uh... the top people at the department of justice this is years and years of entrenchment uh... years and years of radicalism it's really radicalism and it's putting our country at great danger i mean i'm fighting them all the time and i think one of the reasons i'm doing so because I'm, you know i've really fought them successfully and we were making tremendous problems but this is numerous presidents long-term people are embedded in those positions and they hate us they hate our values they hate what we stand for and uh, it's a very important question we're gonna we're gonna do we were doing big things but we're going to do very big things yeah very important because they're really taking away your liberty and they're taking away your elections actually they didn't want to look at the elections they helped with the elections i mean think of it the fbi colluded with facebook and with Twitter, think of it.
2: Think about Hunter Biden and all those 10,000 illicit photos on his, on his laptop that the FBI uh, won't allow everybody else to see. Think of, uh, think of that form, what is it, 1023, that the FBI is withholding that absolutely shows that the Bidens are corrupted by cash, by foreign cash. And we're not be- So the point is, is that even our own justice system, which is going after parents who are objecting to sexual material being taught to their children. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you pick, pick a side and know who your enemy is and, and know what you're fighting for. I'll leave you with that. Until next time, thanks for stopping by. Don't forget to join me online at speakingoutamerica.com. We also stream our program every day so you can listen to it if you miss it. Or you can download the podcast on any podcast platform to search for Speaking Out America.